world's on fire, our culture's disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. <laughs> pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. Fire. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass the salt. But we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I gotta ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Hey, good Monday morning, 26th day of March 2020, making another one. This is one and only that he's making. Let's run with patience today. The race is set before us. Hey, Spencer, real quickly, brother, get up, get pulled up there for me yesterday when I was young. Get that, uh, I sent it as a standalone email to you there, buddy. So get that ready. Um, <clears throat> kind of melancholy this morning. A little bit, uh, you got to test the spirit, yes, you know. Now, yeah, what is that? What is that spirit that's on me? What is on a spirit? There's a kind of a melancholy spirit that's on me today, and I'm going to try to tie all this stuff together. Melancholy. Mel, that's a new word, Spencer. Go to, I don't know if we can go to Webster. I don't think Webster's up there anymore. Melancholy. Mel- Webster's yeah, up mel- and ready. Melan- Thank you. Melon, M-E-L. There it is. A gloomy state of mind, often a gloomy state that is some continuance or habitual, a depression of spirits induced by grief. That's not what I have. I don't have that. I don't have a gloomy spirit. I have a melancholy. Maybe I'm using the wrong term. I have a, because um, it, it kind of jumped on me last night when I went to bed. It was a uh, kind of a realization of the, of where we are. And the criticalness, importance of where we are, what's going on in this time. And it's like that moment in a football game when, when you just knew this was the big play. This is it. This is it here. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a feeling of anticipation. It's a feeling of I just want to. I just just want to build my tent right here. Just I just want to stay right here for a few minutes because tomorrow won't be like today. That's not melancholy. I don't know what word, I don't know what it is. Pete says, "Yeah, it's a sadness for humanity. Maybe, maybe it is. It's it's a it's it's a concern. We're gonna we're gonna miss our mark. We're gonna miss our moment. We're gonna miss it." Euthymia is a normal, tranquil, mental state of mood. Yeah, I, could, I suppose I could be that. I'm afraid we're gonna miss it, and we're gonna look back and say, "God, we shouldn't have missed it. We shouldn't have missed it." I got, I'm just going to open up with something. I think it's the way I turn melancholy to be. Melancholy is uh, just kind of a, a casual evaluation of reality of where we are. That, that's why when I say melancholy, that's what I'm thinking of. I think some of you else, some of you out there are also in melancholy mood this morning. Let Myra pray us in. I'm going to play something for you. It's going to be a good show. I promise you. It always is. It's going to be. It's going to be an anointed show. I, I really, really feel it. Go ahead, go ahead Myra. Good morning. Uh, Hello. How are we doing this morning? For there's, I'm going to be reading from Luke 12, 3, King James Version. For there's nothing covered that shall not be revealed. Amen on that one. Yet, 
Get Hillary, Lord. Get Hillary, Lord. Get Obama, Lord. Get all of them, Lord. Right now, this is the time. Go get them right now, Lord. Break their teeth. Go ahead. Neither hid that shall not be known. Therefore, whatsoever ye have spoken in darkness shall be heard in the light. Ooh, that's and that, scary. And that which ye have spoken in the ear in the closets shall be proclaimed upon the housetops. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Holy Spirit, you are welcome, a coach Dave Hoddle. 1 Corinthians 13 11 came the inspiration. When I was a child, I spake like a child. I understand yep. as a child. I fought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. I did. I put away childish things. Amen. Proverbs 8.36, King James Version. But he that sinneth against me groaneth his own soul. All they that they hate me love death. 1 Timothy 2.5-6, King James Version. For there is one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself a ransom for all to be testified in due time. We read in Philippians 2, 9 to 11, King James Version, Wherefore God also have highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee shall now bow on things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I release the anointing that breaks the evil unto you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Dr. Paul, come on in here. I see you got your hand up before I uh, <clears throat> before I un- unleash you this morning. I'm feeling the same thing. I think solemn, solemn is the word. Solemn. Solemn. Maybe that would be a good word, Paul. I'm, re- I'm really solemn today. And I'm solemn because I, I, I saw this video last night before I went to bed. It came to the realization that, uh, not to the realization, but as I'm watching this video, it's Glenn Campbell yesterday when I was young. Uh, the realization of the heavy responsibility <clears throat> that's upon me. And it should be upon you as well, friends. That, that same burden of responsibility should be upon you. Because the, the day is going to come when we're going to look back on this period of time of the 2020s to the 2024s, whatever they be, we're going to look back on history and we're going to point our finger and say, right there, right there is where it happened. Right there is where it happened. And one of the saddest things about life is <clears throat> when you get old enough that you have stuff figured out, you don't have the energy to fight the way that you used to. Right? And now I'm starting to get it figured out, and I'm like, think, guys, I'm 70 years old. So I'm going to be, not yet, but I'm, 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 I'm going to be 70. 70. 70. And I look behind me. Who's behind me? Jamie Walton. Thank God Jamie's back there. Thank God Chad's back, back there. We need young people. I need I need people back over. Thank God Randy's back over there. See, now you get mad because I didn't mention you, right? Thank God Craig's back there. Because this old war horse, I could <laughs> any time, right? We don't know. We don't know. 
Think about the wonderful grandchildren I have and what I want to be able to hand off to them, how I watch everything being pissed away in front of us. My wife cautioned me. She said, honey, you've got to watch your time. I, I, okay. I, I, I'm sorry. Look, I, I, I want to talk like a man, okay? I'll never forget I was trying to lead somebody to the Lord. Uh, he's dead now. I don't, know if he made the, I don't know if he made the trip or not. And one of the things he said, I'll never forget it. He said, I don't want to run, run around talking like you Christians. Oh, praise the Lord. I, I, don't, I don't want to be. I'm looking for men. I'm looking for godly men. Amen. And I'm sorry if me using a bad word offends you. I am sorry. I'm offended by the fact that we will not engage in the things that are important. We, that offends me far more. I'm far more offended that we are silent in the face of evil. Was it Bonhoeffer that said that? Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. Not to speak is to speak, right? To me, I'd rather have somebody standing up with the Lord dropping F-bombs rather than hiding in the prayer closet doing nothing. Am I wrong? Somebody help me. Am I wrong here? And I couldn't couldn't believe it. It shows how far we've fallen. The President of the United States dropped the F-bomb in his speech the other night. Did you guys see that? He used the F-bomb. He didn't say F-bomb. He said that word that we all know that nobody's allowed to use, even though it is everyday part of modern vernacular today. Amen. Right? Right? Now you say, well, coach, yeah, but that doesn't make it right. It, it's still feel filthy language. I get it. I get it. But do you understand that there are some people who are motivated by that kind of talk? Do you understand that? Do you, under- do you understand that? Church people. Amen. It draws men. Hey, I can go be, be Mr. Prim and Proper with the best of them. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the Lord, brother. Oh, Jesus is coming. Can I pray for you? So I, I can play that game. I can play that. I know how that game's played. But I never taught our football guys to talk like that when they're on the field. I didn't teach them to swear. But I sure didn't teach them to hold their emotions in. I told them to let them out. Control them and let them out. Let that run, let that line roar. That's what I taught them. Now we can't. Oh, coach, that's not very Christian. Oh, guard, guard your mouth, brother. Guard your mouth. Yes, people sit on their ass and don't do anything. They're worried about my mouth. I never I never seen anything like it. I've never, yes, I had. So I was thinking, uh, Yesterday when I was young, this is the old Glenn Campbell song. But folks, this is a mirage, that's not mirage, not the right word. Anyway, a, a, uh, boy, come on, brain. This is a uh, collage, there I found it. This is a collage of stars who've gotten old. And I'm sitting and I'm looking, oh man, yeah, that's me. Not that I'm a star. Yesterday when I was young. Go ahead, go ahead and play it. I'm sorry for those Yesterday. of you who can't uh, those of you who can't see it. It's Glenn, it's Glenn Campbell. He's singing Yesterday when I was young. And on, on the screen right now is a picture of him as an old man, him as a young man, and him as a middle-aged man. All right? And the idea that, that how fleeting time is, how quickly your life passes, and how many opportunities we're missing right now. So if you're just listening, just enjoy the music. I'm sorry you can't see the visual. Go ahead. When I was young, the taste of life was sweet. 
Like rain upon my tongue I teased it life as if It were a foolish game Engelbert Hufferdink's on there now Way an evening breeze Would tease a candle flame What's her name? Why a woman? The splendid things I planned I always built to last On weekend shift in sand I live by night The naked light of day And only now I see How the years have run away Yesterday When I was young There were so many songs That waited to be sung So many wild pleasures That lay in store for me And so much pain my dazzled eyes refused to see I ran so fast the time And youth at last ran out And I never stopped to think What life was all about And every conversation That I can recall Concerned itself with me And nothing else at all Yesterday was meant for the day. Not for keepsake, but as a part of my life. Yesterday, the moon was blue, and every crazy day brought something new to do, and I used my magic age. As if it were a one And never saw the waste And emptiness beyond The game of love I played With arrogance and pride And every flame I lit So quickly, quickly died The friends I made All seemed somehow to drift away And only I am left on stage to end the play Yesterday When I was young There were so many songs That waited to be sung So many wild pleasures Lay in store for me And so much pain My dazzled eyes refused to see There are so many songs that won't be sung Cause I feel the bitter taste Of tears upon my tongue And the time has come for me To pay for yesterday How you played in yesterday's how you played in yesterday's game is all that counts. The reflection of life lived. Reflection of life lived. And I look back over my shoulder at the meaningless things I spent time on. Are you with me? I don't want to finish like that. I don't want to finish like that. I want to finish with things that are impactful and important. 
matter and honor the Lord, defend my family, and stand up and speak up for the truth and help people. But folks, you can't help people without truth. I, I'm, I'm really on this truth. I'm in this vein of truth. I can't get, a, can't get off of it. Because in, until we come to the realization that <clears throat> the foundation, Psalm 11, 3, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Until we come to the realization that the foundations of truth have been destroyed. And the only way that we can ever, ever return to whatever, as we uh, back to the future, is if we restore the foundations and the pillars of truth. It's the only way. way. Truth is unchanging. It never changes. Opinions change. Opinions, not truth. And until we come back and stand and build on those foundations, we're we're not, folks, we're not going to to get anywhere. We're not going to get anywhere if we change people on the, uh, uh, don't, Glenn, don't take this offense. Don't anybody take offense. If we change people on the central committee and then they just act like everybody else, it's not going to change. It's not going to change if we put in a different congressman that acts the same way that the other congressmen act. It's not going to change. It's not going to change if we put in selfish people in positions of authority. It's not going to change. It isn't going to change. It's not going to change if we have in our pulpits men who are afraid to convict others, men who are afraid to speak the truth. It's not going to change if we have men standing in our pulpits who are afraid of truth, who are afraid to speak the truth, who are afraid to lose their job, who are worried about their retirements rather than speaking the truth. It's not going to change. We're only fooling ourselves. We can just get John Donald Trump back in there. It's not going to change. It's not going to change, folks. Till we get our educational system back, it's not going to change. It's not going to change till we get our till we get our media back. It's not going to change. It's not going to change. And, and we sit around and we just think that through some process of evolution, all of a sudden we're going to get some Republicans in there and then it's all going to be good again. It's just not going to do it. Just not going to change if we don't stand on truth. Not going to change. This is not going to change. You say, well, coach, I'm, I'm praying that the Lord intercede. Well, I'm praying he is too. I'm praying you'll get off your butt. So I'm praying, <clears throat> praying you get off your butt. We had a good event on Saturday at Mike Blake's. Glenn did a great job. We had a little Bible study. We did some fellowship. I probably stepped on some people's toes. I have a tendency to do that because I don't care. But tell the truth. Who? Whatever designed us, whatever designed us to live soft lives, where did that one come from? I was looking across the spectrum of how soft we Americans have. We get mad when gas prices go up. Like that's the worst thing could ever happen to us. Gas prices go up. Oh, gee, price of hamburgers up. Yeah, really? That's it? That's that's bad stuff? You're going to make it till next year? Then maybe prices will go back down. Then you'd be happy again. See, the richer you get, the softer you become. Ooh, I nailed it, Benny. The richer you get the softer you become. Why? Because you can pay somebody else to do your dirty work. Ooh. You can pay somebody else to do your dirty work. Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> we're going to have to get our elbows dirty. We're in the midst of a perverse generation like we never, we've never seen. I posted it to Coach Dave Live, or maybe it's not up there yet. Chad did a great interview. Uh, are you in here, Chad? Probably sleeping today. Chad did a great interview with uh, – Randy Conway, and I forget the other guy's name. I'm sorry. He probably, he probably forgets mine. And uh, we're going to post that on authentication. And 
Yeah, it's currently uploading. Thanks, thank you, Spence. Make sure you catch that. And I'm on Brighty on TV today. I got, as soon as the show's over, I got to get ready because I'm covering for John Diamond. Uh, John Diamond couldn't do his show today, so I got this show. Then Brighty on TV at at uh, nine o'clock for an hour with, with in John Diamond's place, and then my own show at excuse me eleven o'clock. So uh, uh, Brighty on TV is developing a, a call in format. So if you're out there and you're watching live, you're not going to have the ability to call in. Spencer, maybe you can put that number in the chat for people maybe interested later on to, for that call-in number. Okay, cool. Uh, Myra, you got your hand up. And I had some folks up earlier that didn't get a chance to jump in there. Go ahead, because I'm going yes, somewhere. Yes, Coach. Um, yeah. Dr. Gosselin mentioned Solomon. Sort of, uh, <clears throat> one um, Say a collage, and uh, for me, it's kind of like uh, responsibility or what you're supposed to be doing or taking care of. We're reading 1 Timothy 5 8 King James Version. But if any provide not for his own and especially for those of his own house, he have denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Thank you. It's pretty amazing, isn't it, Myra? Huh? Isn't that, isn't that amazing? See, we want Christianity without commitment, right? We want to... <clears throat> How, are you gonna, how long are you going to lead the four? The, how long are you going to feed the poor till they come out of their situation? How long are you going to do that? How long is that going to be? Uh, I'm not making fun of anybody. See, listen, you can get offended if you want to. Some of you got the, you've got your offend antenna up, just waiting for me to say the wrong thing so you can be offended. At some point, we got to teach them to fish. We have a government that purposely is keeping people poor, so we have to feed them fish, right? And where does it begin? Well, we know where it begins, right? It begins in the home, and then we send them to public schools, let them teach lies to our children. I know I'm playing the same song over and over. Yesterday when I was young, right? Got a couple of things I got to show. I'm sick and tired of the lies. I want you to watch this clip. I want you to watch this clip. Uh, number two, a young Utah, Utah uh, makes. It may make you want to cry. A young Utah boy, a nine-year-old Utah boy dies. And nobody makes a connection to the jab. Now, at some point, wouldn't somebody ask? Just go ahead and just play a few minutes of this little little nine-year-old guy, nine-year-old boy. They found him dead in his bed. I can't imagine it. I can't imagine. They got up in the morning. He wasn't up, sent his sister up to get it, and he's laying in there, been dead for hours. Just play a couple minutes. Then I'm going to show you something that will shake you, should shake you. Go ahead. It's a mystery and an incredible tragedy. A nine-year-old went to sleep in Eagle Mountain and never woke mystery. up. The family is coming to terms with the loss and reflecting on a young life they say made a huge difference to a lot of people out there. Okay. Special Sandra Adams live now with more on the story. Andrew? Yeah, Mike, family members say Logan Gagne was a perfectly healthy kid. He'd spent time with his grandparents and a sibling the night before. They're just beside themselves that this happened. They say he was an incredible boy. Even in the golden hour. He's the goofball of the family. Nothing brightened up this home more than he did. Uh, Logan uh, is the the fun one. The nine-year-old simply lived in the moment when life wasn't filled with sports. Just got done playing tackle football, and then we were just ending junior jazz season. And 
he was healthy and uh, and he was active and so that's what's confusing and frustrating. Garth Gagne. Okay, says his son went we don't to have bed to watch the rest of it. His son went to bed Friday and didn't wake up. Okay, Spencer, do me a favor. Scroll down the article. Oh yeah, it's it's everywhere, folks. It's scroll. Keep scrolling on down. Of course, it says right there. I'm sorry. Go back up, everybody. I'm sorry. <clears throat> it says, of course, the so-called journalists skip the most important question in these times when kids are dying unexpectedly. You know what that question was? They skipped that question, right? By the way, did you know that the TV station is owned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints? The station that is doing this article, this radio station is owned by the Mormon Church. And did you know that the church said publicly and vehemently that they forbid religious ex- The church says no religious exemptions. Everybody takes the jab. Did you also know that the Mormon Church also owns $650 million in Johnson & Johnson stock and $1 billion each of Google, Apple, and Microsoft stock? I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it, of the line. The love of money is the root of all evil. Go to number three. Go to number three. Because I'm, I'm in this, I'm in this, we ought to all be in this vein of truth. We're all in this. Bill Barr. Anybody know Bill Barr? Anybody met Bill Barr? Bill Barr now makes stunning admissions regarding Hunter Biden laptop and Joe's response to it. A stunning admission. Scroll on down here. Our good friend Bill Barr that we went and prayed on Randy Mount office. Play this little minute clip. Listen to this guy. Hey, what, what, you guys remember that George Carlin video? It's a big club and you ain't in it. It's a big club and you ain't in it. The largest, the number, the number one law enforcement officer in the land knew of the lies. Play it. My reaction to the president there was obviously uh, resisting the idea of injecting uh, a criminal investigation of one of the candidate's children into the race. uh, Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Bill Barr knows Hunter Biden's laptop is real. But he doesn't want to inject the president's child as if this guy's 11 years old, 9 years old, 12 years old. Bill Barr says he's not going to inject this into the election. That's jury tampering, I believe, folks. That's interfering with an election. Go ahead. There hasn't been any definitive judgment over at the Department of Justice. So I made it clear uh, I wasn't going to discuss criminal cases with him, especially ones that he might have an interest in. Uh, So I I would still do that today. But... I was very disturbed during the debate when when uh, candidate Biden lied to the American people about the laptop. He squarely confronted with the laptop and he suggested that it was Russian disinformation and pointed to the letter written by some intelligence people that was baseless, uh, which he knew was was a lie. And uh, I was I was shocked. By the way, hang on, hang on, hang on. Bill Barr was attorney general and he knew it was a lie. Anybody picking this up? He knew the laptop was real. He heard the president lie about it and didn't do anything about it because it was a family member involving in politics. Don't ever forget, it's a big club and you ain't in it. Go ahead. 
BNI came out and said, no, it's, it's, it's not disinformation. The FBI said the same thing. Media ignored it. Um, so when you're talking about interference in an election, I, I can't think of anything more uh, than that no, kind no, of Knowing what you know of the case, do you think that there is any legal liability for the president here? Perhaps not I, while he's I, in I, office. I wouldn't want to venture an opinion. No, I wouldn't want to get involved there. Get him off of 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 there. I'm not done. I'm not done. One more. Play number play number four. Number four. I'm, we'll, we'll move on. Spies who lie. And remember, friends, our focus the last few days has been over truth. It's been over truth. What do you do when you can't trust government? Wait a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute, Spencer. Before I get into that, I want you to pull up for me. What, what number is it? Number eight. Pull up number eight for me real quick, Spencer. It's on the screen. I'm just letting you read that. I want you to think about that. Psalm 12, verse 8 says, The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Hey, Vinny, that'd be a boom. The wicked walk on every side when the vilest men are exalted. Ooh. Are we exalting? Are we exalting vile men? Would that be safe to say we're exalting vile men? What's the result of it? The wicked walk on every side. But I'm not going to watch Coach Dave because he said, "Damn." Just joke. I'm not worried about it, right. I'm trying to make a point. Pray for pray for Ukraine. Wicked are walking on every side. They're taking your tax dollars and they're giving it to criminals. Wicked walk on every side when the vilest of men are exalted. Go back to number, uh, what was that, number five? I'm, I'm going to move on. Spies who lie. 51 intelligent aid experts refuse to apologize for discrediting the true Hunter Biden story. 51 of these guys knew the Hunter Biden laptop was real. 51 of them at least and no one spoke up. Scroll on down. Scroll on down. I'll give you the list of the 51. That piece of crap. There's a pictures of some of them. You don't even know who they are. Scroll on down. Scroll on down. Because there's no truth. Nobody cares about truth. Nobody cares about lying. Keep going. There it's going to start. This goes to list. Stop. Michael Hayden, former CIA director. Jim Clapper, former director of the National Leon Panetta, John Brennan, Tom Fingar. Rich led John McLaughlin, former CIA acting director, now teaches. Oh, he now teaches at John Hopkins. Oh, oh, yeah, that'd be good. Even they don't respond. They don't do anything. Rick Leggett, former. Oh, my goodness. See, 51 of them. 51 people knew the Hunter Biden laptop was real, and not a damn one of them opened their mouth, including the Attorney General of the United States. Evil walk on every side. When the vilest of men are exalted. Number five. Number five. Pull up number five. How about this one? Former BlackRock advisor tells RFK Jr. that the FDA is in on the cover-up. <laughs> this is unbelievable. The Food and Drug Administration is in on the COVID cover-up. The Food and Drug Administration. Your tax dollars. Your tax dollars, my tax dollars. My tax dollars pay the FBI. My tax dollars pay the 
the attorney general. My tax dollars pray the president. My tax dollars pay all those guys we just read about. And my tax dollars pray, pay the FDA for them to lie and destroy my country right in front of me as they put a gun to my head and force me to pay ungodly taxes to an ungodly government to do ungodly things. Does that piss anybody off besides me? Amen. Well, what are we going to do? Well, we're not going to do anything because it'll cost us something. It'll cost us. I'll tell you what it'll cost you. It'll cost your grandchildren chains, chains and liberty. That's what it'll cost. Now, I don't know what, I, I don't have a solution. I really don't have a solution to the problem. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to share. Can I share you one more thing? Let me share you. Let's, let's go to number six. Let's go to number six real quick. Pull that up there. Say, Coach, this is almost too much information. Disney. Disney. <laughs> Walt Disney. Donald Duck. Daffy Duck. Mickey Mouse. Minnie Mouse. Disney launches task force to make more queer, deviant, perverted content for children and families. Disney currently launching a task force to spread more filth to your children. Disney. Hey, Coach, will these articles be in the show notes? Uh, I guess, yes, Spencer's going to get them in. This is, hey, Glenn, this is overwhelming, isn't it? Yeah, pastors, just, pastors need to see this. Oh, they don't care, though. They, they don't care. The rapture's coming. They, they don't care. Can, can, I, can, I go, can I go one more? Can I go down one more? Yeah, I, I want to. Go to number nine. Go to number nine. Bet you didn't know this. Your tax dollars at work. The Klaus Schwab, the World Economic Forum, are training Americans' leaders, the young leaders. Did you know that? Schools aren't. <laughs> Our schools aren't now. Harvard and Yale and all that. They're, they're training all the kids in, in communism. Scroll on down there. A dozen examples of how he controls the people he puts in office. Global Leaders Training Program. Why, look, who's been through his Global Leader Training Program? Well, Ivanka Trump. Pete Buttplug, Tulsi Gabbard. They went to Klaus Schwab's class, and now they're in positions of leadership? Really? Scroll on down. Because, see, evil walk on every side when the vilest of men and women are exalted. Tom Cotton, Arkansas from Kansas. Emmanuel Macron, president of France. He went through it, huh? Vladimir Putin. Jacinda Ardern, my prime minister of New Zealand. So she went through his class, and now she's prime minister. Well, I'll be darned. Xi Zhejiang, deputy director of Chinese. He went Klaus, through Klaus Schwab's class, really? Peter Thiel? You mean Peter Thiel went through this class, and he founded PayPal? And Zuckerberg went through it, and he founded Facebook? And Chad Hurley went through it, and he's CEO of YouTube? <clears throat> and Josh Silverman went through it, and he's a CEO? Well, I'll be darned. What a class that must be. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> Go number seven. Wow. Is that a, that, that's her shit, isn't it? And I don't need to do it. I just Googled bad leadership. Looking for scriptures on bad leadership. We don't have to read them. When the righteous increase, the people rejoice. But when the wicked rule, the people groan. Why would these folks use, uh, why do they use a sissy? But words mean things. They've taken, look, they've taken the manliness out of the scriptures. Do you guys see that? 
Do you see that? They've taken the masculinity out of the scriptures. They make them palatable. If a Proverbs 29, 12, if a ruler listens to falsehood, all his officials will be wicked. Look, hey, I wonder what it says in the King James. See, that's the English standard version. In other words, they made it soft so you could understand it. If a ruler listens to falsehood, all his officials will be wicked. Well, that's where we are for sure. I wonder what that says in the King James Version. Could you look that up for me in the King James Version? What's that say? I don't know. Which one was it? 29. Yeah, go back. Yeah. I got to keep it. There you go. 29.12. Proverbs 29.12. If a ruler listen. What's it? What's it say? If a ruler hearkens to lies, all his servants are wicked. Is that the same thing as that other sissy Bible we just read? Does that give you the same thing? If a ruler hearkens to lies, if a ruler listens to falsehoods. Compare that with the Passion Translation. <laughs> is the Passion, is there a Passion Translation, Glenn? Let's see what it is. Yeah, says. there is. There is. Oh, don't don't draw don't draw me off target here. All right, huh? If a ruler harkens to lies, all of his servants are wicked, wicked lies. Harken. Anyway, it's all it's all. Go back to go back to the original page here. I don't know what. I, just scroll down there. Look how many things it's taught. They're in there talking about wicked leadership. Is that unbelievable? Uh, stop. By justice, 29.4, Proverbs. By justice, a king builds up the land, but he who exacts gifts tears it down. <laughs> you mean those guys lying in their own pockets? I mean, there's no justice, so they line their own pockets and they tear the country down. Boy, I've gone along. I got a lot more to go. I got more. Klaus Schwab. Is that Jerry 2015? Come on in. Thanks, Coach. Uh, I just wanted to say that my spirit agrees with your spirit about that spirit of melancholy that you've been feeling, especially after seeing the pictures of these children whose lights will never shine again. And the verse that the Lord gave to me in that moment when I was uh, seeing that was, woe to the inhabitants of the earth, for the devil has come down among you having great wrath, knowing that his time is short. Mm, mm. I, you know, I wonder in how many churches <clears throat> were ever really talk, taught about the viciousness of the devil. My friends, it's not about just stealing your finances and making your children misbehave. This is life and death war. Life and death war. We ain't got no clue. Reggie. I'm going to try to speak at a first grade level, coach. (laughs) 
much of, and I know I'm going to offend probably most people in here, much of what people are doing right now is a waste of time because they're not understanding what's really going on and they think they're going to make a difference. <clears throat> but what our, what our purpose is right now is what I keep badgering on about is to wake people up to the, the, what's going on in the world. <clears throat> Take Christ out of the equation just for a minute, get him out of here because he's not part of what I'm about to say. What humanity is experiencing is the implementation of the age of Aquarius. So there's going to be no politics that are going to help you. doesn't matter what seat you get in. You going and standing in front of an abortion clinic is not going to fix this. Nothing. Our job is to wake people up to what's happening. And that is to bring another one to the truth outside of that structure of the black and white, the duality. So that is our job. Not all these other things because we're chasing our tail within the system going, well, we're going to get guys in there and they're going to fix it. No, those guys are part of the white system, the light. So they're calling it the Christ consciousness or the awakening. That's the age of Aquarius. It's been in, it's been in play forever. This is the big facade. People are going to be like, yay, people are waking up. No, it's not yay. It's not yay because you're still, you're still in the dark side. There's two sides. And they're all players. I don't care if you want to believe that they wrote this book and they, they exposed the darkness and this guy worked for the FBI and he's saying this. They're all part of this game. And our job is to wake people up to the game, the world we live in. Christ said he's not of this world. We're still trying to fight Lucifer within his structure and it ain't going to work. Oh, man. Well, I, I, would agree, I would agree with 80% of what you said. I think taking people to abortion clinics does matter because it does wake them up. So I, I understand what you're saying. If we th we're not going to win this battle through politics, but I'm very glad Glenn Newman's running for a political position because he'll be in there, if nothing more than to be a, to be a spy on what's going on. But the answer to the, the problems that we have are spiritual, folks. They're spiritual problems. They're not political. But we cannot separate the two and say this is spiritual and I'm not going to mix it with the political. That's foolishness. Now, Reggie, I get what you say, that the battle is larger than what we understand it to be. But at the same time, we have to fight the foe that we see. We have to do that. And hopefully our eyes are going to open and we're going to understand that the problem is in Washington, but the solution isn't. The problem is in Washington, but the solution isn't. The problem is in the pulpit, but the solution isn't. The problem is in the public schools, but the solution isn't. We have to understand cause and effect. I think that's the point Reggie's making, and the idea that this thing is so much bigger than what we can do, we, we, can, we can, uh, can never be that way. you got to play every game. you got to play every team on the schedule. You can't pick the ones you don't want to play. you gotta, you got to prepare yourself to play the best on your schedule every week. That's the way I see it. Angie, come on in. Good morning. Yeah, Reggie's so very true about so much of that, and I agree in a lot with a lot of what she's saying. But I think we have to come to terms with once we get people awake, because people are waking up, yeah. what is the blueprint to fix this? What does that blueprint look like? Or do we just continue to sit back and say, this is just part of a system. We can't fix it. There's no way to fix it. There's no sense. Then, then what's the point of what's the point of anything, I guess? Um, but waking people up is the key. But once we have them awake, what do we do with that? What's the action plan? What is the blueprint to fix this? 
or not even really fix it, but try to pull as many souls out of it as we can mm-hmm. to try to, to try to continue the message of the Messiah. That's you know, yeah, yeah, uh, Angie, God bless you for all you do. I watched, I, I, did, I uh, watched a little bit of online TV, uh, online, uh, uh, sir, sir, <laughs> what they call those things, church services yesterday. <sighs> We're not at war. I can tell you that. I can tell you this. The churches aren't at war. Sorry. We're not at war. Craig, come on in. Yes, sir. I agree with a lot of that. You got to keep throwing the seed. And it's coming, you know, there's going to be a certain number of these kids. It's all about our posterity. Let a few more of these children die because of this vaccine. People will wake up and it'll be on God's timetable. And I believe they ain't going to like it when the, the masses wake up. But, so, so we got to keep telling them. We've got to keep telling them. Get number 14 ready. Go ahead, uh, go ahead, Silver. Then Neil. One of the things that, uh, I mean, because we sit and we say, well, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? Look at the commissions that Christ gave us in all the Gospels. That is what we are to do. Okay. We're not going to fix anything around here. Amen. That ain't happening. So, and we have to, once we recognize that, once we come to grips with that, then we have to start looking at the people who don't know him and tell them about him and move on. But Joe, we also have to put into positions of authority people who believe the truth. We can't... I was just watching this whole political thing that we have going on here in Ohio. Non-known public officials trying to get elected. How do you beat Mike DeWine? How the hell do you beat him? When all the powerful Republicans who are getting their own backs scratched want DeWine. Why do they want DeWine? They don't want DeWine. They want the system. They want to plug into the system. And he's the power source. So Blystone can't win and... Neil Peterson can't win, and I couldn't win. The average person could never win because it's a big, big machine, right? We see that. But we can't just throw our hands up in the air and say, oh, well, hell, they win, we lose. I've got grandbabies. You that, Coach. We, we no, win. no, I'm not, saying you, I'm not saying you said that. I'm, no, not, I'm sorry. That. You know that, but the, okay. that, that kind of mentality, okay, ignores the power of God and ignores what he's told us to do. That's right. And every person going and doing what he tells you to do, we will begin to re, excuse me, rebuild the foundations. That's what it told. Tear down, pluck up, root up. Right? That's what we're supposed to do. Neil, come in. Yeah, the majority of us in here, we all have high aspirations. We want to be like a Billy Graham and be able to convert or bring people to Christ a thousand at a time. Um, time is short. We all understand that. But what if time is another hundred years? I know my wife and I, when we uh, do pre-married or we are mentoring a couple that are married already and they have young children, we instill upon them how important it is to homeschool their children. We had a couple over the other night with a brand new baby and we pleaded with them, you can make it on one income. Stay home, mom, stay home. And she goes, I don't know if I'm worthy to 
to teach my child. We said, yes, you are. Wow. God will equip you. You will be more equipped than anybody that you entrust that child to. So we have to think one at a time. We can't be in our mind 500, 1,000. Yes, we can, we can talk to those people, but if we're going to have a true relationship and build this society back to where God wants it to be, do it one at a time. Thank you. And, and, and Neil well said, and we have to come to this realization, friends, that somebody's worldview is going to win. See, when, when they say there's a separation between the church and state, they are, in fact, doing everything they can to silence your worldview. What if I said there's a separation between humanism and state? How about a separation between evolution and state? How about a separation between science and state? Why is it that they only focused on Christianity? There's a separation between Christianity and state. Because humanism is a religion, secularism is a religion, and they're the religion of the government. But what they have done to us is they've said, you folks who have Christianity, you are second-class citizens. You can't bring your issues to the table because those are religious when everybody's beliefs are religious to a degree. Even an atheist is religious. His belief is in him. He's, he, everybody believes in something, folks, except our government has now told us that we can't believe in Christianity. Not allowed, not allowed to do that. Not allowed to do that. Come on in, Matt. Then Patrick. Well, to answer your question, Dave, is uh, these people aren't worried about any other religion other than righteous Christians. The devil is the one that is in control of these people that are saying things against it. But Christians, righteous Christians, are the answer to solving the problems in America. That's right. Righteous and, Christians. And the, what do they say in, in, well, what, what, what they say in Genesis when, uh, when Abraham said to, to uh, God, how many righteous Christians would it take? How many righteous Christians would it take when we start asking that question? But, Dave, I got a question for you, and, and I'd appreciate maybe if we could talk about this offline. But what really bothered you? You said this about two Sundays in a row, watching these religious programs, how you got so disgusted. What was it that disgusted you? For 10 years, and I think I told you a little bit about this before, for 10 years I probably watched or listened to over 10,000 messages from the church. And I can tell you what I noticed, what I thought was bad, but I would really like to get your opinion on it. So like I said, we can talk about that offline. But it's the righteous Christians. When we get more righteous Christians in America, the problem will be solved. God will listen to enough righteous Christians, period. It's so said so in the Bible. So here, here it is, folks. This is... Uh... This is a kingdom. Christ is building a kingdom. Christ is not, did not come to the world to meet your every need. It's that his meeting, reaching, meeting your every need is a byproduct of being part of the kingdom. But we teach people in church to get stuff for themselves, whether it be uh, health, wealth, peace, everything in the church is focused on what you get from being a Christian. 
You Don't never hear anything. There he is. See, there he is. That they never focuses on what it costs you to be one. Never talks about what it costs you to be one. The greatest football teams I ever had were from guys who worked all year long for that 10-week schedule and gave everything they had, prepared everything they had to engage in that season. It was about what it cost them. That's why they became great. Today's Christianity tells you you get good stuff just because God's great. You get good stuff, and it don't cost you nothing, even though... It cost him his boy. Oh, don't get me going. Go ahead, Patrick. Can't hear you. Gotcha, gotcha. So I just wanted to say that I think that um, everybody with a religious belief, no matter what it is, has a place in the in the public sector to be able to voice that, even though I think that, you know, uh, Muslims are mostly hateful people who want to kill everybody. But, you know, mm. uh, you know, that that's uh, to the side. I think that it's important that, that we realize that that um, free speech really does mean free speech. And that means dumb speech. You know what I mean? So so uh, whether we think it's smart or stupid, we should tolerate it. Uh, we can argue with it. That's one of the things that drives me nuts about what people are doing at school boards now is they're going in and saying, well, you can't teach this. Well, when I was a kid and I went to Catholic school and my father was a religion teacher at the Catholic school that I went to, um, we were taught that, Hey, you're going to be presented with ideas and you should learn how to argue against them if you don't agree with them. And I think that my wit was sharpened and my, my, I guess what I believed became more uh, more salient to me because I was presented with ideas I didn't agree with. And I said, no, 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 I don't agree with this. I was presented with Jonathan Edwards speeches, you know, uh, from, you know, puritanical, you know, New England stuff. And, and <laughs> I know you guys are into that because Dave came up and, and was here in Lexington um, not so long ago. But, you know, I, I learned to, to argue against that stuff if and when I disagreed with it. So I just think that we shouldn't shut off ideas. I, I think I'm agreeing with you, Dave, and we shouldn't yeah, shut think, off yeah. ideas. So Patrick, agree with who's, shut, who's shutting off the ideas? Is no, it I'm the right shutting off the left? No, no, no. No, no I'm no, no, the question I'm, I'm asking. No, I understand that. In general, who's trying to silence whom? Are Christians uh, trying to silence the world? Doing that. You're, no, you're yeah. right. You're right. Okay. I, I, so, look, hey, when we're wrong, we're wrong, and, and, and I'm not, I'm not uh, averse to, to admitting when my side is wrong about something. Yep. Free, free flow of ideas. I got it. I'm about out of time. Hang on. I got, I got to show this. Uh, this is part of the problem. I, I think uh, two minutes, play it real quickly. It's on the screen right now. Listen, you have to, I'm not going to say anything. I just want you to listen closely. Okay. Just listen closely. Key off of something, Mr. Miller, you said, you said foolish mistakes were made. I think the president actually said it better. He said that the handling of those tax-exempt applications in that process at the IRS was outrageous and intolerable. No excuse. And as much as we know that the folks at IRS have a thankless job because they have to go and tell their fellow Americans that they may be audited or they have to do this work understaffed, uh, 
we have to maintain the confidence in the system because it's a voluntary system of payment of our taxes. Agreed. And so you are right. It was a foolish mistake. But the president's even more correct that it was outrageous and intol intolerable. Now, let me also focus on something, Mr. George, you said. When you were asked, was there any finding or evidence of political motivation here, you said no. That's correct, sir. Okay. And so what we find is a situation where inexcusable activity took place because it erodes the confidence of the American people in a system where they participate voluntarily. And if there's a place in public service where you have to have the highest level of conduct and standards, it's at the IRS. And so, Mr. Miller, I, th I think it's unfortunate for those who are in positions of authority, but the buck has to stop somewhere. And I think that's exa exactly what we're saying. That should not diminish the good work that has been done by anyone within the IRS over the years. And so I hope you understand that you are here today talking to us because we need to get to the bottom of this. We need to clean up and clear out so we can go back to the business of making sure that people respect the fact that we have a voluntary system of paying our taxes. Having said that, let me ask a question of Mr. George. You heard it three times, right? You heard it three times. Does anybody think that's true? Voluntary, three times. Come on in, Claudia. Claudine. Hey, Coach. So I'm just, uh, you know how I'm an elected official in my town. And, yes, ma'am. Uh, Good to you. But I'll tell you, when, when you put yourself in those positions, and I totally believe it was God-ordained, this is where God wanted me to be, one really needs to be prepared for the spiritual attacks. I mean, uh, because it takes one person. We have this one person who is our town speaker at every little uh, meeting we have. He's an atheist. He walks out of the room when the Pledge of Allegiance is being done. Um, and he attacked me again last Monday. It's all over Facebook. It divides our town. And my recommendation for those who are going to step up is to have people prepared to have your back, to pray for you every day, because it is not an easy task. Amen. Uh, amen, Claudine. And thank you for being in there, for sure. Craig, come on in. You know, when somebody's under a strong delusion in their life, sometimes it just has to be carried out. And the stronger the delusion, the stronger it takes, to, the longer it takes, the longer it takes, the harder it is on that particular person. And I reference uh, Thessalonians says, the coming of the lawless one is according to the works of Satan. With all power signs and lying wonders and with unrighteous deception, I'd say this jab is deception. Amen. And one thing, too, is the lawless one doesn't mean there's laws, right? And, and you kind of point that out. It just doesn't pay. He doesn't pay attention to the laws. Right? Right. Not like you don't have a law. He just it doesn't apply to him. It's with yeah, all it's unrighteous deception among those who perish. So they're, they're going to perish because of this. Look how many people are going to perish because of what's happened with this jab thing. Because they didn't receive what? The love of the truth. That's what we always talk about. We're all about Amen. the truth, right? The truth will set you free. That they might it. be saved. And for this reason, God will send them a strong delusion. God's going to give you what you want. If you want delusion, just like remember when they wanted meat and they were walking in uh, 
the desert. And he said, I'll give you quail. I'll give you so much quail, you'll vomit it out of your nostrils. And mm -hmm. they did. Mm -hmm. But they should believe the lie that they may be con uh, condemned who do not, do not believe the truth. But they had what? Pleasure. They had pleasure <laughs> in unrighteousness. They're enjoying it, man. Right? They're, having, they're, they're enjoying it. Hey, good news, though. Bill Gates said artificial meat. They've got artificial meat coming. We'll see you tomorrow.